Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Creep Time, the podcast with Silas, Dean, and Stu. Stu, welcome back. Oh, thank you. I almost just burned my hand. I almost just burned my hand on your candle. No, no. (laughs) I almost just burned my hand. We can't start out with it that dark. (laughs) Oh, God. (sighs) Sorry. Go on. How was your Thanksgiving? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was going to say, I hope the Creepers had a lovely Thanksgiving. We already have a fire hazard. I know. <laughs> it's bound to happen. Everybody, make sure you got your extinguishers. Don't mess around with the stuff. But I'm very happy to have you on. It's exciting to do like a post-holiday episode because this is the Friday. This is Black yes. Friday, right? It's Black Friday. And I, did you, you didn't do any shopping, did you? No, I'm always like, I always miss like Black Friday because I've never done the like stay up late, wait for the stores to open. Have you done that? I don't think I ever, I feel like maybe there was one time where we did, we woke up really early because it was one of those years where it was like an Xbox five or some, or PlayStation five, or like one of those big gaming things. My mom was like, "Ugh, I have to, <laughs> we have to get this for your brothers. So I like went with her in solidarity or something, but I, we don't usually oh, do that. I mean, I know people who will, I personally know people who like their family tradition is after Thanksgiving, they stay up all night like get in line at these places at midnight and like it's a whole thing where like people like do rotations and swap out to go like do dunkin runs and like get drinks and like stay warm and i'm like i feel like that element of black friday is lost i we're gonna get into the case in a second but (laughs) it's just i i feel like that element of black friday is lost now because it used to be carnage People were yeah great like a macy's black friday like opening at 4 a.m 5 a.m whenever they open you would see people disemboweled in the Macy's. Like, <laughs> like people, like it was the closest thing to like primal warfare I could imagine. And we don't get that anymore. <laughs> I know. There's like no department store. Like, you know what? I'm actually very sad that like department stores are starting to go away. I know. I, they just don't really have like a place, to be honest. I know. But Toys R Us is coming back, which is interesting. Oh my God, is it? Yeah, I I don't really know how or why, because like if the business model wasn't thriving before, why bring it back? But maybe this was the long tail strategy. Like <laughs> they're basically just Disney vaulting themselves. Oh my god! I wonder if Babies R Us will come back too. And that's where I'm shopping next. <laughs> Great deals on shampoo. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Babies R Us, get away! Babies R Us. <laughs> I want to die. Now, before we get into this case, I will just say, because everyone has requested it, they all want to see pictures and videos when they are available. So I have come up with a solution, which I sent you a link to, Stu. I made a Reddit post before we jumped on, which will have all of the pictures of Liz and her husband, Sergio, as well as some stills caught from the security cameras, as well as, oh, there goes my coffee maker. Right on time. There's that that 5 p.m. coffee. <laughs> my, baby, and you know I got a cup. You know I got a uh, cup. And and you know I had a cappuccino at 4.45 today, so I'm on the ride with oh, you. Yeah, listen, I mean, that's a cappuccino, like a post-dinner cappuccino or like a post-dinner espresso. That's mm. normal. That's chic. That's European. 
And well, the, there was nothing chic about this. This was me running through the Barnes and Noble. No. <laughs> trying to get, yeah. <laughs> this was, this was a Starbucks Barnes and Noble Black Friday cappuccino just to keep my, keep myself alert. That's what they're there for. But for anybody who is looking to follow along with pictures, videos, um, and audio clips of this case, they will be available on the Reddit thread. I will warn you, and I'm going to warn you too, Stu, because I am going to show you this video today. I did not tell you I was going to show you this, but this is an uncut video from the security camera. Um, It is mixed in with like the enhanced footage, and there's a couple of different videos, but this is uncut. It is graphic. It will show the attack in its completion. So. Use your discretion before you go and view it. Again, Stu, you don't have a choice. (laughs) I'm going to make you watch it. So I just wanted to (laughs) let everybody know that that is there. So thank you, everybody, for stopping by. Thank you for coming right after Thanksgiving. I know a lot of things are going on with families. Everybody's home. People are busy. But I'm happy that you're hanging out with us. So thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing, following, leaving reviews, leaving comments, and spreading the word about Creep Time, the podcast. And with that out of the way, I'm going to give you a little bit of our top line because you said you don't know this case at all. I don't know it. And I'm looking at this picture of them and they look so wholesome and I'm sad. It's I'm scared. Well, this is we're going to have to talk theories on this one. This is going to be pretty theories heavy, I will say. It is techn- It is certainly unsolved, but it's. I'll go through the case first before I, I default to being like, it's Occam's razor, but I'll get your mm. opinions on this. So for a top line, this is the story of what happened to Elizabeth Barraza, otherwise known as Liz. In the early hours of the morning in a suburban area in Houston, a young woman who was 29 at the time named Elizabeth Barraza was basically outside in the dark of the morning setting up a garage sale which I grew up calling them tag sales, but I think that's a regionalism. Did you call them tag sales? Tag sales? Yeah. I've never heard that in my life. Really? I no, only I ever only I only ever knew it as yard. tags. I've heard, I mean, I'd heard of yard sale because I'd seen it in like TV and like, yeah, TV shows and movies, but I always grew up, we called them tag sales. <laughs> Baby, I learned something new every single time we do this podcast. What do you and call I the liquor store? I thought it would be a tag sale. What do you call the liquor I, store? I know what you're going to say. I ne- When I heard it was called a, is it package shop? Package store? A package store? store. That's what I grew up calling it, a package store. That blew my damn mind when somebody told me that for the first time. It's definitely a Northern thing. It has to be. Yeah. Yeah. We just, <laughs> what do you know call, funny? What do you call, we call them the ABC store? <laughs> the ABC store? <laughs> the ABC store is what we called it because I feel like. Gosh, growing up, I felt like there were so like few and far between liquor stores around that really? they were all owned by the same chain, which is called like ABC Liquors. And so oh, everybody growing okay, up would be like, we're sense. going to ABC. Yeah. Oh, um, I've heard that before. We're going to ABC. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Package store and tag sales. That's what I grew up. Um, I grew up with. But outside of the regionalism, she's hosting this garage sale, setting everything up. So it's still dark outside, like I said, when all of a sudden a four-door truck pulled up on her street in the quiet of that morning. There is footage of this exchange. It is incredibly blurry, but investigators believe that they can somewhat piece this together with like a little bit of the audio of the attack and what we know she said. So out from the truck, comes a person alone wearing go-go boots, some type of a muumuu dress, 
and what investigators believe was a wig. They approach Elizabeth, who can be heard on this tape going, good morning. So clearly she's not, she doesn't really know who this is or she's not thrown off by them. She's just like, somebody is approaching me. I don't recognize them. She goes, good morning. They approach her. They talk for somewhere between like six to 10 seconds. And then four shots are fired directly into Elizabeth (gasps) Barraza without warning. This person then ran back to the truck, drove off. They took nothing from the home, nothing from Elizabeth. They only intended to kill this woman. To this day, her case remains unsolved, and it has bled into a host of conspiracy theories about who would have it out for this woman and why. So this is the premise of our story. But before we get into any of like the background and talk through some of the timestamps of the morning, how does that initially land for you? Because it is very eerie. Was it a woman that shot her or was so, it somebody dressed up? That they're unsure. They're really unsure. It seems almost like a costume, mm-hmm. what was worn. They think it was some type of a wig of what was worn. And it's mm-hmm. like, a, I'll show you like stills and stuff. And you can probably see it if you scroll down in the Reddit thread. There are lots of um, theories that this could have been like a lab coat or this was like a long white costume of like a cosplay character, which will make some more sense with Elizabeth's backstory. Initially, police were looking for a woman, but after the enhanced audio came out, it's almost certain they think it was a man in drag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, that was kind of where my gut went when you said that. Um, how bizarre. And was this early morning or were very early, early in daylight? Very early okay. morning. Like it's still, sun is still coming up. Oh, God. I think officially the like timestamp of her death is 6.53 a.m., Mm. Yeah, which is crazy, too, because I also have video footage from her last, like, because she got up that morning, that, that morning, and she left um, to go grab Starbucks at, like, 6.08 and then came back by, like, I don't know, 6.15, 6.20. There is doorbell footage from her doorbell of her leaving and coming back, and it's so goddamn chilling to see that video, <sighs> knowing that in the next 20, 30 minutes, she was going to be gunned down in her driveway. For no known reason. It's so terrifying. Oh, God. Now, if there aren't any, like, initial questions, I'm just going to dive straight in because there's a lot to get through in Elizabeth's story. So I was going to go piece by piece of what we know about her backstory and then the timestamp of the actual murder. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so what is the backstory of Elizabeth Barraza? Who was she and what do we know about her life up until the time of her death? So Elizabeth was living in at this time in Harris County, which is a suburb within the Houston division. And it's generally considered to be a very safe place. Low crime rates, nothing like this usually happens in this area. It's kind of quiet. On Cedar Walk Drive, that was the home of Elizabeth Barraza and her husband, Sergio. And I think you can check in the Reddit thread because I'm pretty sure I have a picture in there of their house. Yeah, you do. Yeah, they were they were a pretty young couple, but that was their that was their home. Their like starter or their I guess first home together. I think so, yeah. It's actually it's a really pretty home. It's really nice. Yeah, it's so nice. And if you scroll a little bit further down, you can see the the truck that is eventually captured, the one that stopped with the suspect. Oh god. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, I might cough a lot through this because I'm getting over the the illness, the plague. 
but Reaper, send, send your get well wishes. Oh, they sent so many. They were sick. they were so sweet. Aww. But I am feeling much much better. So thank you guys for the the well wishes and all of the tips and tricks about how to get rid of the flus. Oh, oh, oh I'm trying to think what some of my favorites. Mm-hmm. They were like onions in the socks. Um, <laughs> people were like peppermint oil, <laughs> but not too much. <laughs> Stop. Do you know what my dad said that um, I and I will not derail us into flu talk, but I never realized there's some old phrase that's like um, feed a cold, starve a fever, or, starve the flu. What starve the flu of what? So apparently when you get the flu, you're honestly not supposed to like take in as much nutrients because you're trying to starve the virus from being able to like continue on in your body. Whereas like I guess with the flu, with a cold, it's like different and you want to take in as much fluid and nutrient as possible. But something about the <laughs> flu, you're supposed to, it's an old phrase. You're supposed to starve the flu. If I had followed that advice on Monday or Tuesday, <laughs> it would have been a, a top like KTLA news story. Silas Dean found dead of the flu on the floor <laughs> of his apartment. <laughs> Are you joking? Starve the flu. <laughs> I, I know. I have consumed so much tea, water, Theraflu, <laughs> NyQuil <laughs> in the last like week to think that I would just like ride it out in bed would not be a, would not be a fun sight. <laughs> yeah. Well, you fun. definitely sh- did the right thing. You should, I think it's more like, um, like you just shouldn't be like eating it. You know how like normally you want to like eat a ton of soup. You want right, to like, right, right, yeah. I guess meanwhile, my ass sent you two cans of soup. Oh, and I did. I sure I did like, gobble nope. them up in the first day, baby. <laughs> Good. Good baby. They were delicious. Anyway. And now you're fine. So who knows? <laughs> yeah, now I'm I'm back on track. So thank you everybody <laughs> for the well wishes. So on Cedar Walk Drive, this is the home of Elizabeth Barraza, her husband, Sergio. Um, I thought it was Sergio, but people are pronouncing it Sergio. They've been living there for almost three years at the point at the time of her death. Um, and by January of 2019, their five-year marriage anniversary was going to be coming up. They were described even well before their marriage, when they were just dating, that they were like best friends, perfectly compatible people, the sweetest couple you had ever met. And the strange thing about this that really stumped investigators, nobody had one bad thing to say about Liz Barraza. Mm -hmm. Like she was generally known to be a kind and well-liked person. Both her and her husband, they were kind of self-described nerds, and they had this deep love for all things cosplay. This plays into a bit of the theories a little bit later. They were huge Harry Potter fans. They also loved Star Wars. They were a part of the 501st Legion, and they loved to dress up. And so much so that Comic-Con was like a routine trip for the couple every single year. They would attend, and they would wear highly detailed costumes to these events. And through reading some of this, uh, the two were actually so incredibly kind that they took their cosplay out of a place from like their own enjoyment and like conventions. They would volunteer, I think, with Make-A-Wish, and they would dress up as stormtroopers to go visit children in a local mm-hmm. Texas hospital. That's so sweet. That's so sweet. I scrolled down. I'm looking at them in their stormtrooper costumes. Yeah, those are A, legit costumes, and B, they look like very sweet people. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really, really devastating to think how this all unfolded. But it does give me a better visual about who I think this woman is, what I think what I think her circle might be like. But of course, I mean, we don't really know. This is all that we're left with, the presentational. But the question is, who would harm this woman? 
So that is some of the backstory. And then we get this young married couple, you know, no kids, just a dog, living in a quiet, safe area. And yet somehow something so unbelievably dark and tragic took place here. So I am going to jump into the moment by moment of the actual timestamp of that morning. But just any initial thoughts, just how you feel about the dynamic of the relationship, something like this happening to a cosplayer, is that a sign in any in any direction like how do you feel about the cosplay element because to me i'm like i saw people say this on reddit it's a community that attracts a lot of friendship and love but it's also a community that can attract a lot of obsessive and unhealthy behaviors yeah well at the end of the day it's all role play right like it's all so i think there are people there's always a danger that someone's going to kind of take it too far Mm -hmm. like you're going to either lean into the character that you're role playing a little too much, or I could kind of see people getting perhaps like, um, what's the right word? Like possessive over like certain characters that yeah. they play a fixations. lot or yeah. like intense. Yeah. Fixations. Um, yeah. And like starting to blur the line between like, okay, reality, who is, what is your personality outside of this obsession and love for characters and, the community, you know? Um, Also, your reality might start to shift a little bit as well, especially mm -hmm. if you're a person who's already dealing with some mental health issues or you're feeling unstable and you're existing in these worlds with people who are in intense role plays. It's very possible that, like, that reality could shift for someone where suddenly Mm -hmm. they're not really sure who they're targeting, why they're targeting them. The circumstances aren't real, but in their head they're real. It, It just opens up like a... It's like Pandora's box of possibilities, and it added a very strange element, especially considering that our suspect was most likely in a costume. That's weird. Super weird. Well, it seems like the costume, I mean, I scrolled down, so I saw a little bit, but like they would have to maybe come from the same like universe or movie or world. Like if it was a Star Wars costume. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I should go through the actual timestamp so I can walk you through what we know of, of this attack. So minute by minute, we're going to go through the timestamps. It was the early hours of January 25th, 2019. It's a Friday. So Elizabeth was set to do this tag sale. Sorry, I'll call it a garage sale. And the morning, um, <laughs> that morning, so she was basically looking to save up a little bit of money for their anniversary because their anniversary was coming up and they had already planned the trip. They were going to go to Harry Potter World at Universal Studios in Orlando. They would be leaving for this trip two days after the garage sale. Whole trip is planned. Like, this is a very last-minute thing. Like, let's get some extra cash before we're going to go on the trip. They had already packed. They pre-bought Harry Potter accessories, her and Sergio, even, like, luggage. And they, they're they just, like, leaning into the whole fantasy and, like, cosplay element of it. So she booked this day off from work. Sergio would still have to go in on this Friday morning. He worked in carpentry and mostly did floor installations. And for context on her, I believe she was a data reporter for her company, but she had previously studied and earned her degree in psychology. So what goes down? They both wake up this morning around the same time. Liz ran out first at 6.08 a.m. to grab that Starbucks drink and then comes back and starts setting up. And actually, do you want to watch that video? Yeah. Here, click it. Um, I think I labeled it as her, let's see. It's the first one. It's I the think. first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You'll see okay. this is her doorbell camera from her home showing her leaving that morning and then coming back. And feel free to skip around. But for any of the creepers who can't see this or haven't followed the Reddit thread, what's basically showing is like her leaving, coming back with the Starbucks and kind of making like a goofy face at the camera. That is so unnerving to me. Unnerving because one, Sergio's home at this point. He's in the house. And two, it would be 20 minutes before shots are fired. And I am going to play the audio. I will warn everybody, but I am going to play the audio from the exchange so we can try to piece together maybe what they said to each other, her and the suspect. Are you watching the video? Yeah, I'm watching. Should I watch the whole thing? Should I skip to when she comes back? Oh, yeah. You could skip around a little bit. You'll probably okay. see it. And she walks okay, back up I'm to the wa- house. I'm, wa- I'm at Liz returning right now. Okay. Oh, God. This is so unnerving to see her just like minutes before she died. I know. So unsuspecting. And it is dark creepers. Like it's very dark. It's a time of year where it's yes. like dark at 6 a.m. So I'll keep going for now. She is getting back. Yeah. This is around like 6, 16 a.m. that she walks back in, which you're probably seeing now with the Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Sergio is up and he's getting ready, but he's also helping her set up. He is going to get ready to leave for work at 6.48 a.m., which seemed really, really early to me. But maybe not considering he does work in construction and remodeling. So those jobs typically do start a bit earlier. And the real pain about Texas I was thinking about is how far everything is from each other. Like everything is so spread Mm. out that sometimes when you have to get up and get to a job, you do have to get up that early. So that kind of made sense at first, but I think even he confirmed later in his interviews that he was really just up early to like help her set up. So that is our jumping off point for like why they're both up around the same time. We don't actually know how that might've played into this story because when he leaves it's minutes minutes after he's gone that she's killed Hmm. any thoughts on that okay well i had an initial thought before Mm -hmm. we even went down this path which was that like was there someone that was in love with her husband perhaps in the community and like he had been having a relationship with someone that's what that's why they initially suspected a woman they were like, this yeah. totally looks like almost like the Missy Beavers case in a weird way, like jealous mistress mm. or something gets up in a disguise and then kills. But okay, I'll get into a few extra details about what we know about the suspect. And I'll talk about this a little bit later. But what we do know is the suspect, they do think it was a man. They're pretty sure it was a man, but we are not concrete. If it was a man, they're pretty short. Like they're about the same height as Elizabeth, even mm-hmm. with the boots on, like the heels. So I don't really know what that says like one way or another, but we never have any evidence that comes to light from any of the devices from Sergio that show that he had any external conversations, affairs, any secrets. Like I'll, I'll just rule that out from the get-go. There's nothing okay. that's ever found. And that was highly, highly suspected in the beginning. They're like, this is for sure mm-hmm. like a hit from a mistress or something. So another detail that I found really odd about this morning, and Sergio would later confirm this, is that he was really insistent that she would set the alarm on the front door of the house. This is like as they're both walking outside and he's like getting ready to go. 
he said that it was in case because she's going to be alone, like running this garage sale for the first part of the morning. So he said that setting the alarm, even though like they lived in a safe area, it would make him feel better because if something happened, she could run inside and then lock the door. And the second she opened the door, he would get an alert on his phone that like she had entered without disarming the alarm. Something's wrong. Mm. Could be nothing, but I thought it was a little a little strange. But apparently this was kind of common for them. Like they were just very precautious people who liked to set their home alarm. Did that hit you weird or am I looking too far into it? <laughs> well, I feel like my parents set the alarm at all times. So mm-hmm. it, it doesn't hit me weird. And what I would also add is maybe he was being extra cautious because with the yard sale, there's always going to be strangers that come by and maybe it made him feel better to know that, you know, there'd be a little backup security there, but okay, it fair. does also kind of set off the like alarm bells of like, uh, but why are we acting like something is going to go wrong before anything has gone wrong? You know? Yeah. And I can't tell if that's, it. that's just me trying to like fixate the plot points because I'm like, well, why did you do this? Like, I'm like scrutinizing every behavior. I'm like, why were you up so early? And it's like, well, that's explained. Well, why'd you set the alarm? Mm-hmm. That's explained. So I can't really tell if I'm trying to force fit Occam's razor in this case, but I'll I'll keep pressing mm-hmm. on. So what happens next? They get up, they have a final exchange. They say goodbye. They say their I love yous. And this is as they're walking out the door and literally, literally, like they're he's following her out as she's setting up this sale in the driveway. He gets in his car. He leaves. Approximately four minutes after Sergio left that morning, the mysterious truck arrived on the street. This event is captured on multiple home surveillance cameras. There is one across the street, which is the neighbors, which gives us the full, like, wide view. And then there is the doorbell camera from the Barraza household. That one is interesting because we kind of get the audio from that because it's arguably closer to them proximity-wise, but the angle is so that this person made sure they were never seen, almost like they were aware that there's a camera there, Mm. which is really, oh God, this case is so, Sue, like I was up deep on the Reddit threads on this one. Like I was going absolutely bat over this story. (laughs) Hold on, what time is it? Oh my God. (laughs) I'll mark it down, but it's, I was going to say, I don't know if my time's the same. Yes. Uh, I, well, it's starting to feel like, I don't know if this is where you're going with it, but that, mm-hmm. that they're familiar with this neighborhood maybe, or That's they what I was thinking, yeah. live in the neighborhood. Or at least, I mean, at least familiar with like the Barrazas and like their house specifically, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I, I don't know, like that's, that's in contrast because some people are like, well, maybe this was a case of mistaken identity, but I'm like, well, that stands in contrast to like the uh, like deep awareness that they seem to have about the household, the timing, the schedules. You know what I mean? Like something seems yeah. oddly close to them. So this truck pulls up on the street. Like I said, this is captured on multiple different cameras, but we're mostly going to reference the video from the neighbor surveillance. We are not 100% sure about the vehicle, but we're pretty certain that it was a 2013 or newer black Nissan Frontier truck. For anyone who does want to see this video, like I said, it will be linked on the Reddit thread. It has been passed around by many investigators in hopes that it could lead to an arrest, but it is graphic and it is the entire exchange without the cuts, like I said before. So please be warned before you do go and watch that. 
and I will give you the warning before I play the audio from it. So before I'm going to show you the video or play you the audio from it, I'm just going to walk you through a little bit of what you'll see. So in this video, 6.53 a.m., like I said, that four-door truck pulls up very quickly onto the street right in front of the home and actually, I believe, parked behind Liz's car, which also seemed really specific because she had moved her car Mm. to the street because obviously she wants the garage, like the driveway open for the garage sale. So the driver's door opens. This person emerges. Like I said, they're just a little bit taller than Liz, but not much. And it's probably because they're wearing the boots. So they're fairly short. They're rushing over. She's standing in the driveway and she notices them. And the only audible thing that everybody can for sure hear on that tape is, good morning. And then they appear to be wearing, like I said, what was described as go-go boots, a light-colored muumuu or a coat, and some type of a wig or a headpiece, but effectively a costume. They approach Elizabeth, and the only audio that is ever captured from any speech here outside of the good morning is possibly, there's lots of, there's lots of arguments about this, so I'm going to get held for it, but some people have said they think you can hear you know why and like I have to kill you. Mm. We don't know if that's for certain and it could be complete bull, but like maybe like if somebody like wrote out the transcript and you've like groomed your brain to hear it, but they did say something to each other. It was not like a walk up in silence. They were speaking for about nine full seconds before this mystery person pulled out a gun most likely a revolver, they shot Elizabeth three times, once in the neck and then twice in her chest until she fell to the ground on her back, screaming, and then a fatal shot between her eyes to the forehead. They are then seen running back to the truck. They hop into the driver's seat and they speed off down the road. No plate is ever clearly captured on camera, although you do see on camera this truck flying by their doorbell camera. And I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but just to give you some full context to button up the actual exit of this killer, they speed off. And then I think about 45 seconds later, they basically make a U-turn and come back and pull up again in front of the house to like (gasps) double check and look at the body. And then they drive off. This is the part that gave me chills. Then they drive off down a dead end street and they're, they're gone. I'm going to jump the gun. This is somebody that knew her. Oh. In my mind. Oh, I mean, well. it's so I it feels so targeted. I mean, it I can see that there's an argument for like this was like a a misdirection or like a miss um oh my god, what is the word I'm thinking of? Wrong identity, right? Yeah. But I don't know. But it's, to go back and check and then like the clearly you're so disoriented that you go down a dead end. Like, But they got out of the dead end. That's the yeah. thing. Like, so which means they literally like went off road into someone's yard and then found their way to another street. Oh my God. That's crazy. I, I would assume. I mean, it's that just chilled. Or the they just whipped it so fast and got out of there. What? To the like the, out of the dead end. Do you think they like whipped it back and just like sped back out of the dead end? No, no, got... no, no. This is like verified on camera, Stu. Like they went oh, down, okay. they went down the dead end street and never came back out. Meaning they, the oh. only other exit was that they had to basically floor it through somebody's like backyard or something. To go, they went off road in the truck. 
that also to me sort of points that like, I don't know. I'm th- I'm trying to think like if I am someone that just committed a crime and mm-hmm. I get to a dead end, like I probably would just whip it as fast as I could to get out of there. Yeah. I don't think unless I knew the neighborhood, I would start flying through people's yards. Oh, like, absolutely not. Especially in like off-road territory when it's still dark outside. No, no, yeah. no that wouldn't make any sense. They had to be. Well, this also plays into, like, some other details once, like, behavioral therapists and, like, body language experts take a look at the video. Because they actually don't believe this was a person, very similar to the Missy Beavers case, they don't believe it was a person who was familiar with, like, how to fire a gun. Mm. So that, to me, almost reads as, like, first kill. Which would make sense of, like, I'm immediately disoriented, I'm panicking, like, I have to drive back and make sure I just did that, that really happened, they're dead. Now I got to get out of here. Oh my God, it's a dead end street. And they just aren't thinking clearly. They just floor it into the off road in the dark. And I also feel like the, the drama behind it feels Mm -hmm. very much like somebody that doesn't routinely probably kill or like, it feels very, very dramatic for somebody that was like going to go do a job and then get out of there or like just wanted to kill for fun. Like it feels very, very there are other disguises. Tensely personal. Yeah. Like people dress in black, people dress in like sensible disguises. Like nobody's out here in a muumu dressing like Mama Cass to go commit a murder. Yeah, I was like, gonna say this feels very like 60s, 70s. Yeah, that's the that's the theater of it. And what which made me think I was like, this feel I feel like I can't ignore the idea that this could be inherently tied to the cosplaying element of their circle. Like they knew people mm-hmm. in the cosplaying world. It's just really hard for me to wrap my mind around. First, one, why somebody would kill Liz from that community, but also somebody who would be capable to do it in such a horrible way. Sure. So I'm going to play. Let me get this video up. Obviously, you won't see the video. Um, I'm sure you can watch it on your end if you wanted to. Yeah. If you like muted or something, but I'm going to play the audio of the actual exchange so everybody can hear it. This is. My warning to everybody. Actually, wait. Do I actually have the audio up? It's a good question. Now I got to go to my own Reddit thread. <laughs> um, I've started the video, mm-hmm. so I'll I can also like narrate what I'm seeing thus far. Which I guess I guess I think this is the you're same not going to see it until about the one minute mark of the video. Okay. So I'm letting, I'm at like 30 seconds right now. So I can also, the one minute mark I think is where this starts, but I'm going to pull it up right now. Is that a treadmill in the driveway? Um, it actually, I don't know. Actually, I wasn't, I think, I think it is. Yeah, it is. It's like a, Mm. some kind of an exercise machine that they were selling. Yeah. All right. So, I'm going to play the audio again. This is the warning for anybody who does not want to hear this. You might want to skip this part because you will hear the actual gunfire and the murder in its completion. They're walking to her. We don't know what their exchange is. Oh my god. 
Oh my God. Oh my God. And then they run off. You and I had that timed literally perfectly. That audio was pretty much matched with the video I just watched. Really? Oh, oh my God. I have full body chills right now. Oh my God. The way they approach her. It's like a, it's like a hustle. They're like hustling. Like yes. I, I would be scared if I was outside, honestly, and a stranger in a, in a wig came out of a truck and then starts walking to me in like a, a white muumuu or like a white lab coat in boots. I would be scared, but she doesn't really, what's interesting is she doesn't really flinch. So here, here's the body language of it to describe it for people. They're kind they're having this exchange. We're not really sure what they're saying to each other for the first like six seconds of the video. Then this person in the costume draws their actual gun, which is the revolver. And Elizabeth steps back, Liz steps back. And we don't know what they say, but again, some people think it's um, like, I have to kill you or something like that. And then they fire a shot into her neck and then two in her chest. Hits the floor or the driveway. Shot between the eyes. And then they sprint, sprint back to that truck. They left no DNA evidence, no hair evidence, took nothing. Can I give you my first thought? Please. On when they approach her, like when they're standing there and that exchange is happening, her killer was afraid to kill her. It they see, in my it's mind. definitely seems like first kill to me. This seems like yes, I've been 100%. rehearsing this. I'm going to do it. Yes. It's so yes. crazy to have this video footage too. It's just, it kills me that like the key to unlocking this, and I said this like on my Reddit post, I was like, I feel like the audio is the smoking gun. Like, the audio is the key to all of this. What that final, mm-hmm. like, nine to ten second exchange was, we just can't make out anything. It drives me insane. I definitely do think they must have said something along the lines of, like, I have to, like, kill you or something. Because you notice but how why? she takes a step back. Yeah, because yeah, they draw the gun. They're, like, they literally pull out well, the gun. yeah. Okay, that must, Okay. So they when they ran up, I've watched this like three times now. When they run up, the gun is not initially drawn. They run up. It's like, like in their coat pocket kind of thing, like muscle. old school. Yeah. Okay. That would have been so scary. Uh, just sc- well, and, and scary, but like the way they approach her so fast, I'm amazed that she just stood there. She didn't flinch. And then and then she flinched when they pulled the thing out. But I'm actually very impressed with how. And I think that's probably why the killer looks scared because I'm sure they thought I'm going to run up. She's going to like, like, you know, they were moving this, fast this because I think they were anticipating. She, yeah. She would, she would run. Yeah. So they and were trying to get run. in and like take care of it. But also there's so much we have to get into about this, like talking about the timing of this, the, the specificity, but Oh God, I had another thought that was, um, the running up with the gun. Let me think. Yeah, I and just also the shooting of her once she's I mean, they shot her what four or five times? Four times, yeah. Yeah, because they shoot her three times and then she's definitely done for, and then they oh god. They had to in short. Well, oh. what's crazy is like she actually doesn't die right away. She was, I think, kept on mm-hmm. life support until the following day. But I, I believe she wow. was considered brain dead. And they had kept her on life support because she was an organ donor. So she did end up, I think, saving four different lives with the organs that were Mm -hmm. harvested. Because she was so young, 29. 
That is so messed up. Oh my God. Yeah. Creepers definitely, if you're sensitive to, you know, gun violence and stuff, I mean, it's pretty intense. So it's uncut. I mean, there's, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing kind of in between you and like what's going on in that video. But Mm -hmm. I want to talk about the good morning that she says, because here's, okay, here's my take on the good morning. She clearly does not recognize the person who is walking towards her. So that's why I'm like, that's odd because. If it's, I think it's somebody who knew her pretty well, but I don't think it's somebody that she knew. So I'm thinking stalker or I'm thinking hitman because to say good, like if it was somebody you knew, you'd be like, what are you doing here? You know, or you'd be like, oh my God, you came early. Like you would say some kind of exchange that wasn't like a good morning, like, like first time meeting you stranger. Right. Well, my only thought is that if she knows that she's, you know, setting up for this yard sale, it's early. Maybe her thought was, you know, people know I'm having a yard sale. Like maybe she put up signs through the neighborhood and somebody's approaching and she's going to, like, I almost wonder if she was expecting them to say like, what time are you getting started or whatever? And then she says, good morning. Cause mm-hmm. she knows that she's going to have the sale later. And that even if it was someone that she uh, did know and like should have recognized her focus was probably on the job at hand, which was to like, you know, get everything set up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that maybe she couldn't, cause they also start pretty far away. And I wonder almost that once they got close enough and there's that moment where she like steps back when they pull out the gun, if in she that moment, I wonder if she recognized who it was. Yeah. Oh, that's so chilling. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Actually. I didn't think about that. Cause they, yeah, you're right. They do start pretty far away. It's and it's dark outside they're in a costume, so we believe. So I guess it's not off the table for it to be somebody she did know personally. And maybe as they get closer, that's why she doesn't initially run away or kind of like step back is because as they get closer, she's like, wait a second, do I know you? Wait, are you this? You know what I mean? She's like having the realization yeah. in real time. Oh my God. You know what's really nuts about this is that I'm sure if that character is like a famous cosplay character or someone Mm -hmm. that she would have recognized, I am sure she was probably racking her brain in that moment being like, who do I know that plays this character? Who do I know that likes this character? Well, a lot of people have said Princess Leia with the white robe, the wig. And that, I mean, that would be so confusing to see somebody emerge from a truck in a Princess Leia costume. But as a cosplayer, might not be immediately disarming if you know what i mean where they you might be more curious at first than like freaked out because you're almost used to seeing people role play you're just like why are you here in a role play you know in this do i know you like that's like what she's trying to figure out like have we have we like done something together in like the 501st legion like do i know you your character yeah it's just like why like who is this person to her I just watched it again as you were talking, just trying to like take what you're saying and apply it. And I, they just, they do seem like they know her, but she doesn't know them maybe. Mm-hmm. Like they think, I don't know how, how she doesn't know, know the like truck. She clearly does not, does not recognize the vehicle and nobody in the right. neighborhood, nobody in the neighborhood recognized that vehicle. That's so. I wonder if, like, she and her husband were pretty well-known in, like, the cosplay community there. And, like, could this have been, 
you know, someone that almost like, like you were kind of saying stalker vibes that like kind of idolized her and them. Totally. In a weird way. Well, they do dress up as stormtroopers, which is the opposing Mm -hmm. side of what Princess Leia would be on. I mean, that's a really intense reach. And I don't want to, I don't want to use this to like vilify cosplay or roleplay or anything to that effect. That's not what I'm getting at. But I can certainly concede to an idea where somebody may be on the fringes of a mental break and they're already Mm -hmm. in an environment where you're role-playing with your reality. Maybe they got stuck in that alternate reality. Thinking they were Princess Leia. Kill a stormtrooper. How how senseless. That is just so... Oh, gosh. Yeah, and it's sad because it really is, like you said at the beginning of the pod, like a very loving community. Like people are really like celebratory of each other and like love, like the, what I've always admired about that community is the, like just attention to detail with all of the costumes that they make and like the protection of like the, the characters and the stories and like. There's a sacredness to it. You're right. Yeah. There's a sacredness to the actual event of it. And there's a camaraderie between people who do cosplay. It's a real like tight community. So for something like this to happen, I don't think it's unheard of, especially in the vein of like stalker. It's just mm-hmm. odd to me that it would be targeted towards Liz because she didn't do this alone. Her husband did it with her as well. But this very, very clearly happened without him there. You know what I mean? Like minutes right. after he was confirmed to have left, that's when this truck sweeps in to kill her. So if this is a person whose reality is already shifting and they're thinking, I have to kill stormtroopers, I've got to kill her. She cosplays a stormtrooper. Well, so does her husband. So why just her? Yeah, that's a really good point. It's just, so I'll I'll keep going because I I feel like I'm going to get stuck and like fixating on point by point. But let's get into the actual investigation. So I'm going to backtrack a little bit to the morning of because there are some details that we would see on that camera that are going to chill you to the goddamn bone. So the garage sale, let's first start with that. This was advertised by the couple because they had placed signs around their neighborhood the night before. That Mm. was it. That was it. January 24th, she's killed the morning of the 25th. It's like 7 p.m. when they're like hammering up signs. And and they, they had not posted about it anywhere not a single post on social media so this had to be somebody who i think was watching her somebody who saw an opportunity and like concocted this plan in less than 24 hours it would seem to know that like she's going to be outside early in the morning setting this up possibly alone this is my opportunity to kill her out in the open that's insane and it would have had to have been someone that had a gun, like readily yeah, a revolver. available. Well, yeah. some people have talked about that revolver because the revolver was an interesting choice because some people have said, well, if we're going the cosplay route, this kind of links back to something similar to the type of weapons, like the fantasy weapons that were used in the movies, especially something that Princess Leia would use. Some people have also said, well, the revolver is strategic and maybe could signify that this is actually an experienced hit person or at least knows what to do to like take somebody out because it doesn't leave any bullet casings, which I didn't know when you shoot Mm. with a revolver, which was effective because they weren't able to trace it back to basically anything. 
But the revolver could also be just something that this person had access to. I think the revolver is one of the most common guns that people's parents and grandparents actually have in their homes. Mm -hmm. So it might have just been what they could get their hands on. Any initial thoughts on that? Well, first, I'm shocked I didn't know the revolver thing. I should have known that from our obsession with Clue. I was going to say, um, I was like, if Clue didn't teach you, you'll never be taught. I know. You'll never be taught. Um, it's That is just, I, I'm, my brain is still blown about that tight window. Because when I even crazy, was saying crazy. that she probably had been setting up signs, they had been up for a while, it would have given this person time to concoct this. When you just said that it was less than 24 hours, my brain was blown. Like I was like, how did they like that person must have really been either stalking, like you said, totally or stalking. had like an informant of some sort that would have like let them know, like, hey, Liz and Sergio are like having a yard sale. Like now's your chance. If there really was like this group that hated them or something. Well it's very interesting. I've I've actually pretty shocked that you've taken the approach so far to not look at the husband because Although police do rule him out based on their investigation, there is still, I would say, the widest conspiracy on this is surrounding him being the informant. Well, see, that makes sense. I thought you were going to say potentially the killer, and I was like, well, God, you definitely would have recognized him, but that makes, yeah. I mean, listen, we know the stats. I mean, normally Mm -hmm. it's the husband when the wife gets killed, but I do think it's really odd to hire a hitman but i don't know well it could have been well maybe i should keep going so i can blow your mind a little bit more with this because you yes please. hit the nail on the head about like how the window is incredibly slim she's hanging signs at 7 p.m the night before she's already got somebody who's gonna who is plotted to kill her by morning i'll do you one even creepier when looking at the security footage what they found when they were combing through the night before that truck that was not their first time on the street the truck was there at 2 a.m that morning roaming their street and slowly passing the house basically scoping out the home running through the plan the scenario all while she's in bed oh my god and like what four hours later this event actually unfolds Now, what we would later see, okay, so right when Sergio is leaving at around 6.47 a.m., on camera, this is exactly when we see the Nissan truck seems to appear to enter the neighborhood because it left after that 2 a.m. like drive-by, like scope out the scene. They leave the neighborhood, come back the second that Sergio is like walking out the door, T minus six minutes before Elizabeth is dead. The truck pulls into a nearby school parking lot, but only for a few seconds, and then pulls out and changes locations for a different reason. We don't know why. Within a few minutes, it heads directly to the home of the Barrazas and spots Liz in the driveway. Sergio has already left. He's already en route. He's going to Lowe's that morning so he can pick up supplies for work. The truck pulls up right behind her car, like I said, which was already parked on the street. She had parked it herself the night before. Or the morning before, that morning of. So the timing of that between Sergio leaving, this guy sweeps in, 
it seems orchestrated to me. I'll be very honest. It seems yeah. so, so tight and so coincidental that it almost seems, I'm thinking like burner phone, maybe. Mm. Like he's mm-hmm. burner phone, like she's outside. She's outside. I, I, I set the alarm on the house so I'll know if she walks through the door that this like, that the plan like fell through. Failed. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's that kind of his contingency so to know like how chilling. to prepare, like whether or not it's done. The job is done. So, first of all, I think that's totally plausible. Or this person really, really liked Sergio and like felt like he needed to, or he or she, whoever the killer is, mm-hmm. had something against his wife and like needed to protect him in some way and get rid of her. Well, that gets into some other theories that we'll get into in a little bit that kind of maybe tie in Sergio's father. It's a whole thing. There's a whole thing to get into. Oh my God. I know. There's a whole mess of conspiracies here. So I'll keep going. I just keep looking, by the way, just for a little bit of levity, I just keep looking at the precious Dachshund's face. I know. <laughs> <I'm> like, <sighs> baby. <laughs> Ooh, they have a really cute dog. Oh, jeez. It's really, it's really, really sad to see the pictures of them. And also to think about like yeah. the promise that their anniversary was days away. Their trip to Universal was days away. Like they were, pre- it seemed, unless it was a front, they were prepared and happy to, to like keep, right. keep going. I mean, it didn't, there were no real issues that were ever found in the marriage. Like nothing that was concrete evidence wise on like paper, no reports from friends. She wasn't confiding in anybody that there were any problems, which, again, really backs up Sergio's story that he has no idea why they were targeted. It's just so coincidental timing-wise that it's like, well, this doesn't look good, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So I'll keep going. The shooting happens. That's what we see on film. The suspect gets back in their truck. They speed off. And the gunfire was loud. So at approximately 6.53 a.m. when she is shot, three different calls come flooding into 911 with neighbors who were like, being shot out of bed from this noise and confusion. Now, while the police are looking at the surveillance footage, like I said, what chilled them was that the truck speeds off and then two minutes later appears again after a U-turn and is now in front of the house once more. They wanted to look at Elizabeth in the driveway. And then they speed off down the dead-end street. We do not see them afterwards. Liz was airlifted by first responders and would later die in the hospital by the following afternoon from her injuries, which included the two shots to the chest, one to the neck, and then one to her forehead. So investigators, they start to tally up all of the strangeness of the scene. We have a killer who has very clearly stalked and targeted Liz specifically, but not her husband, and then even waited that morning to ensure Sergio's car was going to be seen leaving the neighborhood before they went after her. They approached Liz, and rather than just kill her straight away, like if it was a clean hit, that's the other thing that made me think, I'm like, this is not a hitman, because hitmen don't really mm. talk to their... They, they don't talk. Right. They, they usually just take you out. But we they had an exchange for nine to ten seconds to tell her something. What was the something? Like, are they telling her... Is it revenge? Is it like... Are they telling her how they know her? Like, why they're killed? Like, what is that conversation about? So this person shot Liz with the revolver. It's very loud. No bullet casings. They clearly did not want any of the belongings. It's not about money. I mean, I think 
Liz even had like a cash box out with like change and stuff. Like there was open money this person could have taken. They didn't touch anything. They fled. They pull off. They speed off down the dead end street. They go off road. And now we're just kind of left with the confusion of like what this was. So now that we've recapped all of the strangeness, I am going to jump into the theories, but I just want to get like what your, where's your gut going with this so far? I don't know why my gut is not going to the husband. I don't, I, cause you know, I'm, nor- I'm normally like, let's mm-hmm. think about like the most logical thing. And I just feel like statistically that's usually what happens, but it feels very much like someone just really didn't like her, like very much in that community had some sort of vendetta against her. And the other reason why I'm not thinking it's the husband is because they did have that whole trip planned, which seems, I mean, that could have been a cover though. Counterintuitive. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I get into some of the theories behind him, I've got some details. Yeah. I want to hear the that, theories. That might sway. I don't, yeah. I feel like I don't know much about him yet. Well, let's see. So obviously, if we jump into the theories, the first and most logical is that Sergio, the husband, is guilty. Obviously, he was not the one who shot her. The timing would not allow for that to be possible, but he could have been the person to orchestrate this. So it's the most common, the most statistically probable, as you mentioned. Now, here's why it might be something along the lines of a hired hit. Police suspected Sergio straight away. They looked to the spouse first. He was extremely pressed by investigators. They asked for his phone. They asked for his computer. He turned over both immediately. So that tells me it's either somebody who has nothing to hide or it's somebody who's well-prepared. Mm-hmm. Well-prepared. Yeah, it's and on note, some other device. Yeah, like this is like complete like burner phone conversation. He's driving off to like bury that burner phone the morning of like somewhere out in a, I don't know, in a field or destroy it somewhere. There's no evidence of this. This is purely a conspiracy. But maybe there was trouble in the marriage is what we're thinking. So nothing seemed to support that from any of the testimony from friends, nothing in their text exchanges, like nothing showed that they were like going through rough waters together. So we're trying to make sense of, okay, if this was a hit from the husband, what is the actual reason. His phone, his computer, it's cleared. There's nothing on there. But then they get a a little clue into the life insurance. Here's where things turn. She did have a life insurance Uh policy, which Sergio had downplayed to investigators. He was like, I don't know very much about it. I don't think it's for very much. It was for $250,000. And it it had a policy in the mix where if your spouse is murdered, I think, it doubles to half a million, which, pause, that feels like a really bad idea. I don't work in insurance, but does that not feel like a bad idea to put that in a life insurance policy? <laughs> like, we don't need to incentivize murder by, like, upping the ante of a payout. Right. Like, it, I was like, that seems right. like you're asking um, for something. Or at least, like, does that have to be, like, advertised to people when they're taking their policy out? Like, I feel like if you're a life insurance company, like, that can be one of the perks of your company. You just give that automatically. Like, I don't think it needs to be. You um, know what I think it is? I actually, I think I have an option. idea what it is I agree now. with you. Uh, when it comes to, like, spousal life insurance, I think 
they might offer something like that because it looks enticing, like half a million dollars if your spouse is murdered, but they're going in, like the insurance company's going into it statistically knowing the people who kill spouses are their spouses, which eliminates you from being able to receive the policy. So, I mean, that's a really dark grift, but I guess it's possible. (laughs) So, Well, this definitely colors it a lot differently for me. Doesn't it? A little bit? So, I mean, we so that's what we know. We know that this policy exists. Sergio has never collected on it to this day because I think he said that he doesn't need the money. Um, but from a legal standpoint, I can tell you that the reason, not that I'm an attorney, but I am an attorney. <laughs> I'm not an attorney. I should clear that up. I'm sorry. <laughs> <sighs> the reason he hasn't collected Salas on it. Salas and Dean and Dean. Salas and Dean and Dean. The reason he's not collected on this, though, from a legal standpoint, <laughs> is because he has not been ruled out as a suspect, which eliminates you from being able to collect on any insurance policy for your dead spouse. Oh, my God. So let's go a little bit further oh, into him and talk about... juicy. Yeah, let's talk about why he might be guilty here. We have this strange intent. He's insistent that morning that he wants to alarm the door. Okay, could be something, could be nothing. We also have him leaving exceptionally early, which he admitted to. He was leaving very, very early. Again, could be something, could be nothing. Like, maybe he's just up trying to help her get set up. But what I found interesting here that I did not know is that because they're such a young couple and they've been married for like five years, I assume this was their first marriage. This was not his first marriage. He was formerly divorced. Liz was his second marriage. No evidence of cheating was Mm -hmm. ever found, but this certainly made something feel a little like murky here. We're not 100% about like what the truth is about his former relationship or if she could have been jealous of Liz. Cause then that takes us back to the theory. Maybe this isn't a man that we're dealing with. Cause we really don't know. Maybe it was a woman in disguise and that's why she's killing this woman for Sergio. Well, and I'd be really curious to know if his first wife was like, involved in the cosplay community i couldn't find much information on her i was really trying to dig hard but i didn't want to pass anything over that i wasn't totally clear on or that might have just been rumor and i know that like when we're talking about conspiracies and theories about these you know different suspects and parts of this case a lot of it has to be taken with a grain of salt but i really could not find much on her but to color this even Mm -hmm. more for you I did find this odd, and I'm not 100% certain on it, but I saw it reported, and I think it was noted in the official police report. He did not go to visit her in the hospital before she died the next day. (gasps) He never went to go visit her. Where the hell was he? Well, that's what I was trying to figure out. I was like, well, maybe there's more to that story that we don't actually know. Like, was he even allowed to go visit her? Because if police are looking at him first... I would imagine his first 24 hours after, like, his wife is killed in cold blood, he's going to be in an interrogation room for, like, 10 hours, you know? So I was thinking Mm -hmm. maybe he wasn't Mm -hmm. allowed and people are just kind of, like, filling in the blanks on a story. But I also read that, like, again, I think she was brain dead at this point. So I don't know that he was going to visit her. I really don't know what could have been going through his head. But it's a little murky, and I want to... I want to get your take about how you feel about that. Like whether he had the option to or not to go visit her, why he chose not to. 
Well, I can tell you it's not a good look. I mean, for somebody (laughs) that... But again, he cooperated. Like, he turned over everything. Like, he's not trying to hide anything. Maybe he's just in shock. Like, it could be... I don't know. Are we trying to force fit a story? I'm, I'm trying to put myself in his shoes and empathize with the idea that like, if my spouse was absolutely brain dead and they're saying there's nothing we can do to bring her back, do you still want to see her? Mm -hmm. I still think I might go in and like say my goodbyes at least. You totally would. You, I I think you would. I mean, it's the same reason people have viewings for funerals. They're, you're seeking Mm -hmm. that kind of viewing, that kind of closure, especially if the person is still alive, even if they are in a coma or they're like a medically induced coma. I was thinking it was more along the lines that he just wasn't being allowed out of sight from investigators at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't know, though. I Well, there have been a lot of, like, body language um, and, like, speech experts who have analyzed his interviews after the killing, years after the killing. And, of course, none of this is concrete. It's all subjective. But they seem to think that he's being truthful when he speaks about her, even though he does not show a lot of emotions. Like people grieve, I would say men specifically, straight men grieve in very bizarre ways and stifle a lot of their emotions sometimes. And Mm -hmm. I think that's maybe what people are seeing sometimes in the interviews. But from the experts who have reviewed footage on him, they think that he's mostly being truthful. And I will also say he has passed a polygraph test. He passed it. I know that I know those are like tossed out in court. You can't even use them in court, but he did pass mm-hmm. a polygraph test, I think not even once, but twice. And then when he did eventually remarry, they polygraphed his new wife to see if this was kind of a case of like he killed his current wife so he could be with like the mistress and they got married later. Right. She she willingly took a polygraph test as well and she passed too. Nothing to do with this. So says the test. See, that's the other thing that is making me feel like it's not him is just like the sheer amount of cooperation and mm-hmm. just like, and, and I'm not saying, I think what I'm more so saying is quick cooperation. Like, I feel like a lot of times in cases, there will be people that eventually end up cooperating. Mm-hmm. But they lawyer up first and like they cornered. take a step back. Yeah. yeah. Even sometimes and when they're innocent, like- they do that. Right. And it seems like he very quickly was just like, I like, I'm shocked. I don't know like how this happened. Of course, like, and and I creepers, this is, I know this is not like a legitimate leg to stand on, but just these photos, if you do take a look at them, he just, they have what feels like a very genuine, gentle kind of love between them. Mm-hmm. um, Like a true partnership sort of. And so it's, I don't know. It's just, I also like I'm going back to thinking, I don't know why this just popped into my brain, but the visual of her little face making that face when she comes back in the from doorbell. Starbucks. I know. I like she's not like she's in a good place, I feel like. You know, yeah. like she's not yeah. pissed. She's in a good mood in the morning and it's silly. And she's doing making that face because he's gonna see it. You know what I mean? Like that's a cutesy right. thing to do in your relationship and does not read as like people who have a marriage that's like on the rocks, you know, like I'm not getting that. right. I agree with you. I'm not either. Looks can be deceiving, but 
that's not performative yeah. for anybody but them. Like that's private. That was never intended for mm-hmm. anybody else to see. So I I agree that that to me is like a clear tell. But maybe we should talk about the actual audio that is heard. Now I will say again before I'm going to play this, everybody has to take this with a grain of salt because we don't actually know what's being said. But I have gone through the enhanced audio many, many times, and I have looked up what other people have tried to basically transcribe it or transcribe from it. It could say, I'm not saying it does, but here's what I think it says. I think the full exchange is this person gets out of the truck and she says, good morning. The killer says something. It's unintelligible. Liz goes, what? The killer says something again that's unintelligible. Liz goes, why? And then you hear the killer say, possibly, you know why. For either they say Tamra, Camera, or Cameron. And then the killer says, here to kill you. And then we hear four gunshots Mm -hmm. and the screaming. I will play that audio in a second. Again, this is a warning because it is graphic and tough to hear, especially when it's enhanced. But for the purposes of thinking about this transcription and the possibility of this being said, I think it's worth it. And I also want to say, like, I was going nuts, going nuts, trying to be like, who the hell is Cameron? Who is Tamara? And I was like, because, like, I'm just trying to, like, figure out, like, what those names could mean in relation to, like, her circle. Is that somebody in, like, the 501 Legion? Like, um, 501st Legion, rather. Uh, is that, like, a mistress or, like, a potential friend of the family? Like, it didn't make any sense. I, I first thought maybe it's, like, Sergio's parents' names. Not their names. I think their names were, like, Oscar and Luciana. Um, I have to double check on that. But, I'm like, nothing like Cameron or Tamara. I thought it could have been close to Amber, which is eventually the woman that Sergio does marry, I think, two years later or a year later. I was like, maybe it's Amber, but I'll play it for you. Hold mm. on. Okay. Let me pull it up. Were the pictures helpful for this one? Just, I got to ask. I was going to say, let me just also throw in here. This is really adding such a... I mean, you do this for me, but I feel like for the creepers, this is going to add such an interesting, hopefully like, you know, interactive layer for them. Cause it's really, mm-hmm. I feel like help me feel closer to the case. Like totally. I mean, this is like what, this is proper, like invest. I mean, we're not investigators, but this is proper, like investigation, <laughs> you know, like we're like, like sitting down yeah. and like combing through the existing evidence. That's what kind of gives you the thrill yeah. of like inching closer to the find and i i really do think like this is so recent and i know it's so strange and infamous i really do think this could see a solve someday we just have to comb further not us specifically mm-hmm. but you know what i mean the investigators so i'm gonna Salestine play dean and dean Salestine and dean <laughs> incorporated <laughs> <laughs> god please everybody give me some grace i'm getting over a fever <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to play the enhanced audio from the attack. Again, this is a final warning. But again, you'll hear the good morning very clearly. So try to read the transcripts too. Like as you're going through, you'll possibly hear the you know why for Tamara, Cameron, or Camera. Here to kill you. Okay. Oh, damn it. It's age restricted. Give me a second. (laughs) Shoot. God, I'm done. Oh, baby. 
sorry, y'all. I've had a cough from hell. I sound a lot better today, but <laughs> you should be warned. I'm not at my best. Oh, you sound wonderful. Thank you, honey. Hold on. I'm going to have to look this up manually. Give me a second. Are you, how are you feeling so far? Are you feeling like we're still kind of in the realm of Sergio or is this like totally out for you at this point? Oh my God. If I could figure out, I mean, if you and I as PIs, if we can figure out what the Tamara camera or Cameron thing is, Mm -hmm. the camera thing is very interesting. I'm I'm going to throw camera. I'm going to throw camera out unless, well, okay. And you see, like now this is me. This is me for yeah. This is me force fitting a story because I hear camera when it comes to a murder or something, and I think evidence of something bad. Mm-hmm. Like you got the camera. Mm. I just I can't. I mean, that's a whole other like web of like plot points that I I can't even get into because I I have no idea what would string yeah. that together. But I've got the audio. I'm gonna pull it up. Okay. I'm gonna fast forward a little bit to see. Hold on. Okay. I'm going to fast forward about halfway through this to the point where you'll hear good morning and then the final exchange. Good morning. Could you hear that? That little like Cameron? I heard Cameron. I, I heard, heard Cameron, Cameron too. Okay. But some people have said they're like, you could, I mean, it's just you're grooming your brain to hear what you want to hear. But let me just play that little piece again yeah. at the end. Okay. Hold on. You could hear the good morning clearly, right? Like you know when it starts. Yes. And she sound doesn't she sound like she's in a good mood? She doesn't sound like somebody that's oh yeah. Having a terrible time. No, not at all. Listening back to that immediately, just before I forget this thought, two things that I think I really, really can hear, really can hear in that is, you know why. First of all, it's for sure a man's voice. Can we agree on that? Mm-hmm. That is a man's mm-hmm. voice saying, you know why, for Tamara or Cameron. And then I'm not sure what they say at the end. Here in this transcription, it says here to kill you. I didn't hear that, but I don't know what they say right before the gunshots. I could barely make out anything, but I'll tell you, I really did hear Cameron very clearly. I swear you can hear, you know why, Cameron. Can you play it one more time? Yeah. yeah. And can you kind of tell me where you hear, you know why? Because I feel like I'm just. It's, I know it's really, really hard, especially with this enhanced audio, because like it's obviously distorted because they've tried to like bump it up as much as they can so that you can hear every Mm -hmm. little like detail from afar. Cause this is, I mean, this is so far away. 
from their conversation. But I'm going to play it again. Really, really listen. I feel it's low. It's in a low voice. And I think he goes, you know why, Cameron. And then he says something else. Mm. And then the gunshot. Mm. Okay, I'll play it okay. again. Mm. Is that her screaming? Yes. Yes. Okay, I did hear it that time. Um, I'm telling you, he says, you know why. You know why, Cameron. So what is that? What? I don't even... Okay. Let me think. I would freaking scour, uh, if I were an investigator, every character that could be a Cameron, every, oh my God, Cameron. What does that mean? Was she, I mean, okay, if I'm thinking Cameron, Cameron's a a guy's name, yeah? I actually, I have no girls that are also named Cameron. Um, I, I did too, but I was thinking of even like a guy. tougher. Well, is it possible that she was having a secret affair and Sergio found out and maybe she was doing it on a burner phone and he got a burner phone and orchestrated the hit and the hitman comes to like kill her is an inexperienced hitman. So he's doing all the things you don't do. He's having a conversation before wearing a ridiculous mm-hmm. disguise and like all this like, like silliness and then says, you know why for Cameron and Cameron is a guy she was sleeping with. Yeah, I mean, that checks. It's just there's, like, not a single shred of evidence to support any of this. Like, nothing in, like, her credit. Like, there's no, like, credit card statement of her, like, sneaking off and, like, getting a hotel or a motel somewhere. Like, there's nothing for the telltale signs that, like, she was having an affair. I'm loosely, like, force-fitting a story here. I and I gotta tell you, I still just think that this is someone that really was either very jealous of her mm-hmm. or just didn't like her and knew her personally. And I almost and I guess this probably I mean that this would have been really dumb on the killer's part to have done this, but I'm almost wondering if she says good morning and they're unintelligible talking, and then I guess I know that it says she says why. But I almost wonder if they say like, like I'm Cameron, like or like you, you know, you know who why I'm I, Cameron. I, I, oh, yeah, oh, like you know me, kind of thing. Like, yeah, like you know who I am. I'm Cameron. Or you something. know me. I'm Cameron. And then says something after, or like you know who Cameron. That's unnerving. Well, there is something, there is some concrete evidence, sorry, not concrete evidence, (laughs) again, grain of salt, (laughs) but jump of the gun. There is some evidence here to actually shift into another theory that is kind of Sergio adjacent, which is that his father is behind this. And again, that doesn't really make sense with like the name Cameron at all, because the father's name is Oscar. So I don't know how this ties in unless Cameron is somebody who worked with or or for their company because i i wasn't clear on this but i think sergio's father was employing him 
like at his mm. construction company. But something was going on, or there was a rumor. This is purely based on rumor. According to Sergio, I guess, his father might have been having multiple affairs at the time with other women, and he knew of this. He was cheating on his mother. He was also having some financial issues with the company, which ultimately affected some of his most recent paychecks to Sergio. Like his dad was, like, I think the checks had bounced. So... This is pure rumor, but apparently Liz had like confronted Sergio's father on this and was being like insistent and like possibly threatening to expose his infidelities if he didn't pay out Sergio for his work. This is all rumor, but That's I was like, yeah, I was like, okay, this is like going somewhere. Now, is it possible that the threat of Sergio's mother finding out about these affairs? In addition to the disrespect of Liz coming to Sergio's father and saying, you have to get it together, like your checks are bouncing, you better pay him. Did that somehow result in a hit? It seems incredibly egregious, but maybe part of the life insurance collection was the solve to the financial troubles of Sergio's father's company. Hmm. Banking on that two hundred and fifty thousand or that half a million, that could be a game changer for a company. Yeah. Let me ask this too, and just like kind of in the same ballpark, but like simplify a little bit. I mm. wonder if there was someone within, because like I don't know if the, like maybe within that community, the where they the company's community or whatever, but um that they really didn't like Sergio. And so they killed Liz just as like a F you situation. Like I'm going to go take your wife out. You know what it's almost reminding me of is Blair Adams. Cause Blair Adams worked for his yeah. stepfather's construction company. And there's kind of loosely a theory that he had pissed off the wrong people by taking like full use of his advantages of being like the owner's son kind of thing. And that mm-hmm. in turn had a hit put on him and it was all it was also that like the oddity that he was found like at a construction site somewhere in the u.s like that's that's a whole other thing it kind of feels similar in that i see what you're saying like maybe he pissed off the wrong people and they were like you think you're protected because you're the owner's son maybe you are but your wife's not and maybe leading up that week he had been like yeah you know liz wanting to do a yard sale this Mm -hmm. weekend i don't you know and then that person knowing Sergio's work schedule mm. decides to go. To, and again, like I'm sure creepers are sitting there going, yeah, but why wouldn't they just take out Sergio? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, a very classic. Well, I've clearly been watching too much Sopranos when I've been home for Thanksgiving, <laughs> but like, <laughs> like taking out the loved one is very, you know, that's a classic thing to get back at somebody. I was going to say, at least in Soprano world, from what I know from the Sopranos, family is off limits. Wives and kids are protected. Those are the rules. So this is very, yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, this is a, we're talking like Italian mob. This is very different. And I don't even know if this is part of a mob or anything, but I can see a scenario of what you're talking about. Like the way to get back at him was the ultimate kill, yeah. which was his family, like his wife. But what I will say, which you just reminded me of, the only people who were aware that they were going to have this tag sale 
um, garage sale outside of the the people in their like immediate neighborhood after they hung up those signs the night before were Sergio's parents. Mm. They had told them we're planning to do this this yard sale. I again, there's nothing that ever ties this back to the father. Like they comb through his his stuff as well. Same with the mother. Like does not make sense. Doesn't align. Just another plot point where we're like, could be something. Which leaves us with our final theory here, which is that this was a cosplayer turned stalker and then everything went awry. So, of course, many people in the cosplay community have weighed in on this to note that among the online theories, it is possible that along the way, Liz may have attracted a stalker at some point. Before we can get too deep into this, there is no evidence that is ever found of any stalking on her devices, nothing to suggest that she was being targeted or was aware that she was being targeted for whatever reason. But people have conceded to say that this is an environment where people certainly can develop fixations. There are certain personalities where people seem fixated on a character or a person who plays that character, and many times it is supportive, sometimes it is problematic. This would be an instance where somebody who was mentally unwell took things extremely far. So there's not too much to really tie it to that other than the prior knowledge that Liz, of course, her and her husband were a part of the 501st Legion, a part of the cosplay community. The only element that really supports it, I guess, is this wacky-ass costume that the person is wearing. Mm -hmm. I don't know many hitmen that would wear, that would go in drag for, not that I know a lot of hitmen, but I don't know many hitmen that would go in drag for a kill. It feels ele- elevated, I guess, or like high, it's it's like high, yeah, highly theatrical. Like, I can't well, make sense of it. That, that, and also, if you're an experienced hitman, the last thing you want to do is draw attention to yourself or 100%. be wearing something that is memorable. That if somebody saw you, happened to see you, oh my god, they were wearing the, <laughs> they were wearing something that I bet you everybody in that neighborhood, if they had seen it, were like. Yeah, if you look uh, out your window, you're like, oh, that's Princess in- Leia gunning somebody <laughs> down in a driveway. Yeah. Look at that final picture in the Reddit thread. Look at the final picture um, with the side by side (sighs) of the Princess Leia costume and the up close. Look at those boots. Well, okay. The boots. (laughs) Hold on. Choking to death. Some people have said, we're thinking about this all wrong because everybody's in the mindset. They're like, this is a cosplay costume. This looks like a cosplay costume. Some people have said, no, this looks like a uniform. That looks like a lab coat. And those look like lab boots. This is somebody who works in a factory. This is a work uniform. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. Doesn't really explain the wig, but some people think it's it moves when you see it moving in the video. You can replay the video too if you that's, do it with the sound I was off. just going to do that because I, I feel like I remember the wig kind of moving with them. Well, the, the wig moving, but I'm talking about the coat. Like it just, oh. it's really kind of thick to the point where like that could be – it's stiff enough that it could be – a lab coat. Rewatch the video. Look at that again. I'm going to do it too. Yeah. Also, when you go back, right after they shoot Liz, mm-hmm. their hair is down. They have long flowing hair. That wig is long. Is it? 
I couldn't tell. Yeah. Hold on. I or else if it had the buns, the buns had fallen out when they started running or something. Cause watch. Okay. Let me, let me go back. You for sure think this is a man, right? I, I'm pretty sure it's a man. I just think with the gate of like when they start like hustling towards her, it mm-hmm. just doesn't, it seems like a man. Hold on. I'm rewatching the moment. Yeah. I see the hair now. Yeah. Wow. I can't, it's really far away. I can't really tell in the video exactly how this coat is moving. I thought I'd be able to see more, but Mm -hmm. it looks heavy to me. And what also, what's also strange about it is I talked on this before, but they were very meticulous to ensure that they would not be seen on her driveway camera because that's grainy too, but arguably like that would give us a clear view of some descriptors of this person. They stayed just enough at a diagonal from the house and parked just far enough up to make sure that they were out of view of the actual camera on their home. I also wonder if that played into the volume at which they spoke. Because mm-hmm. they're not they're not going out of their way to like shout. Because like you can hear when she shouts, when she says good morning from across the street. And she has to say like what a couple of times. Like she can't hear what they're saying because they're keeping their voice down. But they still have a message to send to her. I could rewatch this. I mean, I don't, I hate the part where they actually shoot her, but the way they walk, I I could rewatch the way that they walk up a thousand times. Cause I feel like they're so, I wish it was clearer because I feel like if you could see that person's face, obviously, well, obviously if you could see their face, you could, that's your suspect. But if you could see the emotion, at least just a little bit clearer, because I still maintain that they look very afraid once they actually square up to her mm-hmm. body language-wise. What do you think they were doing as they were walking up? Do you think they were just stone cold, like, oops, just hit yeah. back. <laughs> do, like stone cold? Because um, I was also going through scenarios. If she wasn't afraid, I'm like, are they trying to present as friendly? Are they walking up to her smiling? Which was so bone chilling to think about, but... It's interesting that you said the body language of this person looks like a man to you because a lot of people have said the opposite and they've said they walk with like a feminine stride. Again, this could be part of the role play element, but rewatch. I'm I'm going back and forth now and I'm replaying that section too. I felt that actually when I rewatched it this time, I was trying to see if the boots had heels on them. They do. Um, I'm pretty sure they do. Okay. I'm watching them walk up again. It's so senseless that now that I'm I'm looking at it again, I'm almost wondering if like the other theory about mistaken identity could be true. I just feel like it's too close to home that they're potentially in a costume. Like too, like because also mm-hmm. let me tell you this. I don't think somebody driving a Nissan Frontier is wearing a wig, a coat, and go-go boots. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, the use of the car or the the type of car they're driving is also interesting to me. But like you said, I mean, we could watch this video a hundred times over, but I feel like it's not going to get us any closer. I really do think the smoking gun to the story will be if they can ever enhance that audio 
mm-hmm. and make the connection between the potential Tamara or Cameron that's heard. I to me when I I saw that transcript and I was reading it live, I was going crazy because I, I thought I was like it felt like the closest I had felt in all of my research to this to a solve to the case or at least a new yeah. avenue to walk. But to this day, Sergio, of course, has been almost entirely cleared, as has his family. There is no connection that links him to her death, and police are still without answers as to what really would have been behind the targeting and murder of Liz Barraza. She had no enemies. She had no reason to leave their marriage, so says everything that was seen on her phone and Sergio's. And yet we have a woman who was killed in her own driveway, alone, in the dark. Her case is still unsolved, but I do have faith that this is one that we could see a big break in because this happened in 2019 and there is still a lot of time and a lot of room for additional evidence to crop up. God, I sure hope so. Because I... I, I'm always invested, but I feel so invested right now just because. I think it's those pictures that do it to you. I, I've realized this. Is. I'm like sending you the pictures and videos. You're immediately like your teeth are sunk <sighs> into these cases. Well, and you really threw me with the video. I mean, I don't think I've ever, have we ever done an episode where there's actually a live, there's camera footage of when the person goes down i don't think so Mm-mm. i mean because we've mostly done unsolved cases of you know disappearances so we've seen camera mm-hmm. footage of like people's last known whereabouts before they vanished but yeah for like a proper true like unsolved true crime case having video footage of the actual murder is very rare because it yeah. usually leaves to, it leads to a solve you know like it's rare that they remain unsolved so this is this specialty case and like the costume like all of it is so Odd. It's so Missy Beavers adjacent. Very, very Missy Beavers. Ugh. It actually, I mean, it really is, which took place in Midlothian, Texas, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so similar, actually, now that I'm really, like, running through both scenarios. How do we feel about Missy Beavers to this day? Do we still think, I still have my suspicions that, sorry to take you back to like a year ago. (laughs) (laughs) You like, I love how you also know it's one of the cases that kept me up at night the most. You're like, how do you feel about that still? (laughs) This was my fever talking. It's like, like, is Stu already thrown on her ass? How about you throw her 10 feet further? (laughs) You're like, let me bury you. Oh, <coughs> oh my God. I'm like hacking up a lung over here. Do you, oh, I, I, still, I still have my suspicions that I think it's the, the wife, the wife of the jealous trainer. I do too. I still, I still absolutely, it was so, which again, if we think about how certain we sort of were about that, I really shouldn't be ruling out the idea that this could be a woman because there is a certain sort of like, flair about this case that we definitely saw with Missy Beavers that made us feel like just it felt so personal and so you've wronged me you know the cost it wasn't like you're some gum on my shoe that I want to get rid of it was like you are going to freaking pay for this what's also striking me about the Missy Beavers case that you're reminding me of right now is 
the premeditated footage of them like stalking the area. Yes. Oh go my down. god. <laughs> Good night. I'm not it's, gonna be able to sleep tonight. No, for real. Like Stu, like think the night before is what's crazy. That footage from like the sports store, the gun store, where like it was pouring mm. rain and they just pulled into a parking lot, just like waiting. It's so similar. Oh my god, but what's crazy about it was remember what's seen in the car. Oh my I could think about that case for literally a decade. What's seen in the car is the front seat. The driver's seat is pushed all the way back, indicating an extremely tall person is driving. And then we see mm-hmm. this like mm-hmm. five foot three random person in a costume. Does that mean two people? Two people involved? Like the trainers like wait in the car? Like did he have did Missy Beavers have dirt? Maybe something. I just like, I mean, like, people get cheated on. I, it's ho- infidelity is a horrible thing, but I just, I feel like when it leads to death or murder, it does not usually lead to like such a grisly and gruesome method of killing, like a hammer right. to the face. It deals with it, it's a gunshot, you know, it's, it's like something quick and impulsive. This is so premeditated, and the filming of it, the cell phone filming of them doing it, was crazy. Thank God that has never been released, right? That's never been released, nor has the actual camera footage. Because, like, there's camera footage, like, security camera in, like, the actual studio of the killing. Outside of the person, (laughs) like, filming it POV with their phone. That's never been released either. I have, a, I have a lot what, of questions. What I will say, <laughs> if there's a new creeper that like they're listening to this case, it's like their entry point to creep time, go back and listen to the Missy Beavers episode because I feel like that was one of the episodes that I truly was like shook to my core. It is <laughs> like, one I, of the most I'm that already is a again true, shook true sinister, now. sinister story. Yeah. The definition of sinister. Yes. We should revisit that for like an anniversary or something so we can take a look at the, I mean, I have seen people do deep dives on that case and I know I've shouted this dude out before. He is amazing on YouTube. He did like a six hour investigation. He's he's like a true sleuth. Six hour video investigation into the Missy Beaver story. I was blown away by all the evidence. He Like he has to work for an agency or something. He was so meticulous and even so, at the end of it, he's like, I still don't know who logically could be behind it. That's insane. Cases that have happened in the 2000s and on should be solved. We have all yeah. the tools. Like, what's what's up here? You know? We have cell phones. <laughs> we have cell phone data. Like, how, how is that case not solved? Sorry, I know we went way off from, like, the Liz Barraza story, but get it, opening the Missy Beaver's floodgates is a lot. It's so dangerous. Like I by the way, was that guy's name Dean by chance? He could be Silas Dean and Dean. Wait. Actually, it might have I think Dean might have bettered his name. Stop. Hold on. Let me okay. Stop for a second. Let me just look this up. <laughs> I had to give myself levity. If I start thinking about Missy Beavers, I I mean, right now I want you to know my brain is just replaying the footage of them walking through the hallway. 
it's horrifying. So his name was not Dean. Uh, his name was Tom Webster. So <laughs> I'm clearly just Damn. inserting my own, <laughs> my own <laughs> stuff. Um, but I, yeah, anybody who is like looking for a very, very in-depth, like deep dive channel, this guy, Tom Webster, I think he, of any YouTuber I have ever found who does like online sleuthing, they he has by far done the best job. And it's not even just specific to like true crime cases. Like he does deep dives, like really long videos where he like makes fun of the news. He did one on Delphi. Like he, and he sources like evidence and documents. Like I don't know where he gets this stuff. Like stuff, like security footage that nobody, nobody has had access to somehow he gets. So please go check out his channel. He has a lot of videos. Um, Some of them are funny. Some of them are really like, um, kind of cold and like hard investigation but his Missy Beavers one it's like five hours long it is well worth it to look through some of that but anyway I have taken up a lot of your time on this lovely Black Friday Stu I want to uh. thank you for sitting through a really really in-depth dive on the Liz Barraza case I don't know that I can ask you where you feel that this stands because I feel like everything we've talked about for the last hour and a half has been just how senseless it was and how many different directions it sent us in just to go through the story moment by moment. It doesn't make sense. So it doesn't make sense. Where do we go from there? You know, I, I think the, the one thing that gives me hope that it will eventually see a solve is I do think it's rare with these cases that like, there was no like real like sinister underbelly like about their marriage or like about their relationship. Like I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of times, like I don't know why this is coming to mind right now. Um, Tamala Horsford, like mm-hmm. there was already sort of an insidious past there with like it being kind of a strange relationship between her and the women she was hanging out with mm-hmm. or like maybe racially charged or I don't know. I feel like a lot of cases it's like the, the, uh, deck is sort of stacked against them going in or like we have sort of an idea that there's something wrong already but this one is just really bizarre because for, and again pictures are deceiving and whatever but I swear the tiny little threads of her face on that camera when she gets back from Starbucks and she gives it like a little quirky like smile and mm-hmm, the way you know, sticks really, her tongue out yeah yeah that plus them having that trip planned and seemingly having a pretty loving marriage um, it, and him being so compliant is just makes me think it, it was somebody that really was targeting her and that karma will eventually, I hope, bring us all to it and put them in prison. I really hope. I really, really do hope her case sees a solve. It's, it's been maddening to research it, but I'm happy that we did. I'm happy that we covered it and that we continue to press her story on because even though it is fairly modern and not an old case at all i mean 2019 i don't feel like you really hear her story all too much like it doesn't have the same it's it wasn't like a juggernaut like in the mainstream media in the same way that like a natalie holloway was you know where people obsess Mm -hmm. over it and talk about it and have to see the solve this has certainly like built its momentum within true crime communities because it's so sinister and mysterious but i think it's an important story to keep 
pressing on and talking about. And I really, really hope that new answers come to light. Me too. Let's do. That is all I got for you. Thank you again for listening through to this episode. Thank you to the Creepers for hanging with us on your holiday. I know that you're off from work. You're off from school. Another thing about school. Let me just tell you something. <laughs> we have a lot. We, listen, we have a lot of young fans, a lot of Creepers who are in college and high school and below high school. And I see all the time <laughs> these comments and private messages. And they're like, oh, love Creep Time. I listen to it all the time during class. Baby, don't be doing that. We- <laughs> <laughs> Baby, if your AirPods die and all of a sudden we come on blast <laughs> on your MacBook and we're going, give me that basement and sinister, your professor's going to have lots of questions for God you. forbid I'm doing Nancy or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, but th- like, I was just saying more so from the, the, the point of view of like, Pay attention during stay in school. Pay yes. attention during class. They're like should be studying, doing homework right now, but I'm listening to creep time. So I'm happy to know that we are together single handedly dismantling the education system in the United States with our banter. <laughs> <laughs> I truly just had a whole visual of actually like just thinking about being in a huge um like auditorium like one of the 101 classes in college and all of a sudden oh you come on going casey anthony like casey i was the- anthony oh i can do it <laughs> i haven't been able to do it all week i've been practicing oh, oh, oh he's on the mend it's back the movies are back the movies are back <laughs> oh my god okay um Kai. by the way that video you sent me of the nancy isms <laughs> that that I think that actually cured me of my sickness because I was at death's door right? on Monday. You sent me that video of like Nancy's best, and the second she said "fuck putting perfume on a pig," <laughs> my body that... said, "I don't think you're sick anymore. I think that you're actually alive and well." <laughs> See, I'm gonna play that video when you're on your deathbed, and I'm like, I need you to hang on for one more year. I'm gonna play that. It's like putting perfume on a pig. That, and when she goes. Back ass words, Jim. Back ass words. I have thought about so that. So many good ones in there. <sighs> Hanky, tomfoolery, shenanigans. She says, unleash the lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> the other great one is cut his mic. Oh, I- I'm going to start saying that to, to you and I. <laughs> I'm going to say cut my mic. You need to cut my damn mic. <laughs> cut his mic. I don't want to have to cut your mic. We're not even at the A. The a what is that called? The A block. <laughs> yeah. She's like, just wait at least until we get to 830 before I have to cut your mic. I don't. I, oh. I, I said a word that she said in one of her um her TV segments recently. And the way she like draws it out is so interesting to me. Oh, God. Oh, I think it's alive. Found alive. <laughs> the movement on alive <laughs> is too much. Sorry, creepers. We needed a little a little pick me up after that, as you could imagine. It's it's creepers heavy are like cut their mics. <laughs> and with that, I'm gonna cut our mics. Thank you, everybody, for listening. <laughs> we really appreciate it. We love you guys so much. Thank you for listening to Creep Time, the podcast, on behalf of myself and Stu and Creepers. We're gonna catch you next week on an all new episode. So for now, we will say goodbye and good luck. Bye, everybody. Bye, Creepers. <laughs> <laughs>